Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia ora. Welcome to Mixed Bag Where we review the mixed, muddled meh, and mediocre movies of film history. Oh, Where's like Meryl? The, the muddled man. Yeah. <laughs> Meryl's gone. No longer Meryl's here. Meryl's gone. Meryl was not in this film. Liberated. Maybe she yeah. is in the thing. future. Yes, That's true. She, she was there in the past. Sneak on in. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we're out of the Meryl Streep's in, and now we're uh, doing a little bit of a departure. Uh, from our usual um, watching habits. Yeah, we're, we're watching a movie that's currently in theatres. In which the cinema. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, if you mm. are not in New Zealand, please don't watch this in the cinemas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if, you, if you haven't seen this, honestly, come listen, because honestly, it doesn't make a lick of difference. Yeah, it's if... definitely not one that is like required. Spoilers! Honestly, experience. if you've seen the trailer, you, you have a, <laughs> enough understanding of the plot that anyway, you need. But um, did we enjoy it? Stick around Stick to find around. out. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, what, what should we just skip straight to talking about our, our pop cultural endeavours, or is there anything else you want to talk about um, I guess it's preamble. just uh, good to flag that we are recording this a week before yes. this drops. So, so there might be some a whole our... lot of 2020 horrors mm. in store that we have no knowledge of. Yeah, so that's yeah, we might be works. a little, little dated with our references. Yeah, a week late. Oh my god. I mean, I stuff travels fast in That's 2020. True. That's true. That's true. Alright, so without further ado, let's go over and have a snack on. Pop, 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 popcorner. <laughs> I'd like to start... Um, a snack on. A snack on. Yes, in the Sean Connery tone. I'd like to start talking of Sean Connery, although weirdly tangentially, um, because I did a Sean Connery voice, but then I didn't complete my thought. Um... Oh, it's so... It's Okay. 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 So, the links are... <laughs> Sean Connery was in the absolute worst... One of the worst remakes ever called The Avengers. Not The Avengers Marvel, but The Avengers with Uma Thurman and Ray Fiennes. Right. It sucked. He played. He was like in a teddy bear outfit. The thing I'd like to talk about today is the OG Avengers featuring Diana Rigg, who unfortunately passed away uh, a couple of days ago. I was um, like, what is this Kevin Bacon game that you're doing? And no, uh, just linked this on through. This is mind. This is yeah. how it works yeah. at all times. You just like link to link to link. Um, I would like to just sing the praises of this woman because she was stunning. She was terrific, funny, uh, a great Shakespearean actor. Um, My favourite. Yeah, your favourite, really. (laughs) One of my favourites. Oh, okay. Um, And uh, uh, amazing on stage and on film. Um, My parents got out the DVD box set of the 1967 um, uh, year of the Avengers, which is when uh, Emma Peel, played by Diana Rigg, was on. Um, it's their crime-fighting duo. It's extremely camp. It's, it's extremely sixties. Great outfits. Bizarre stories. I should cast one where it was called the Hidden Tiger, where these cats were being con- controlled by this necklace that turned them into these ferocious killing beasts. They go to like a cat club that's like that's a called like very ooh, themed. With... It's called Paws or something. Ah, uh, something like that. It's like a yes, or Purr. Purr. So it's like an acronym uh, that's okay. cat themed. Uh, but I there's mean, a whole lot of like yeah, it's, it's a lot of cat themed. I feel things like Diana Rigg has very cat energy, which I love. Yeah. She's very sensual. What yeah. a presence, you know. Mm. Yeah. She was in that Poro film, which was really fun. Which which Poro one? Oh, which the one? one was it? The eye. 
under the. Oh, I don't remember the evil title. Under the yes, under the sun. Evil under the sun. Evil under the eye. The eye. Um, ah. Evil under the sun. Yeah, she was really fun in that. Oh um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she... I've seen her in um, the one that I'd love to shout out is called Theater of Blood, which is an underseen film mm. with Vincent Price, where he plays a hammy Shakespearean actor. More on that later. Oh my god, I was. And she plays the daughter of Vincent and he is like laid off. I think the theater company closes down and he gets his revenge. It's just like a dumb revenge thriller um, on the like board that closed down the theater by executing Shakespearean, grisly Shakespearean deaths like Titus Andronicus, the gouging out of eyes with King Lear. And she um, helps execute the um, the killings with him. She's great. One of my favorite things from her is Rebecca, the TV series. (laughs) special um yeah she played mrs danvers and she's great in it um almost equal to the original mrs danvers judith anderson and how will the the remake hold up what do you reckon well maybe that's another popcorn yeah i mean like you know we've got a couple Mm. of trailers we can talk about yeah um, Rebecca, um starring um, pod faves for me. Pod favorite Lily James and <laughs> yeah. Army Hammer. Yeah. Oh, before we move on, I just also Game of Thrones Diana Rigg. Oh yeah, she killed well, that's, that. that's that's what I was gonna say about Diana as well. I think most people know her, killing it as Lady Olena Tyrell. Honestly, the best character of Game of Thrones. She can throw shade. Yeah. like no one else. And they didn't overrig her too. They didn't like no, use her up not. too much. Yeah. Yeah. And she was in the best house, like mm. House Tyrell. Mm. Yeah. yeah, they had Natalie Dormer. They had. Um, I don't know. That they guy. had that soft boy. Yeah, the, 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 I didn't like the soft boy. I like the soft but boy. He was who is dating. the soft boy again? Oh uh, yeah, Lord Loris Trail. Loris. Oh, Loris. Renly Baratheon. Oh, yes. I agree with you on this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the hottest person in Game of Thrones, I think. How Too hot he... to live. Yeah. yeah how right? did he Game get of Thrones it? Uh, Shadow Man came yeah, and killed him. Slit his oh, I forgot about Shadow yeah. Man. That was Stannis, right? Yeah. Or and the witchy, and the witchy lady. lady. Oh yeah, and Melisandre. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, Rebecca is. Uh. It looks. This good. is the remake. Now <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks okay. I... It looks very. Uh. You know. Um, it looked quite. I mean, lifetime. It, it felt like, to cheap me to me like a little bit. It was missing the key. The key thing that I think is like the main. I don't know. Like. Um, core appeal of Rebecca as a concept in film to me is the extreme lesbian energy of Mrs. Yeah. Danvers mm. um, uh, towards the second Mrs. Yeah, Winter, the second Mrs. Um, and also towards Rebecca. In, I think it's also in, too bright. You know, absence. And like, there, was not, there was not that. I like, was not feeling that in the trailer. I love a good gothic energy that yeah. Yeah. Like from Rebecca and it's like too bright. It was just like, oh, I it's do, a nice period film. I do love everyone involved and I do like the story of Rebecca so I will watch it. I, I, mean, I feel it, like this is everybody on Twitter I saw that saw this trailer was just like, look, this looks trash. I will watch it. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> expecting, I mean, you can even, we might even review it for this pod. Could be. I love that. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen the original I assume it's the original, yeah, the 30s yeah, version. Yeah. Um, 1940, but okay. Is it 40? Um, <laughs> that's like, talking of, we're just going to be on, I'm going to, my my thread for this episode is, is Hammy Shakespearean actors um, for for uh, Tenant as well. But that one features... Tenant. Te, what did I say? Tenant. Tenant. What did I say? Tenant. Ten- but it's Tenant. I said Tenant. No, you said Tenant, like the landlord and the Tenant. Well, it just sounds so similar. <laughs> I even made a joke about it um, on Twitter. Anyway, um, Laurence Olivier is in that film. Oh, he's good at that. And I think he works really well for he's it, good. of like slightly performative and putting on but stuff. Also, you can't you trust know him. Why? Because he wanted um, 
he wanted Vivian Lee to be the second Mrs. De Winter. So, like, he kind of resented um, Joan Fontaine, sister of the late Olivia de Havilland, um, who got the role. So he was, like, this brooding kind of, like, condescending energy towards Joan. I feel like that kind of works. Which works so well. (laughs) And, like, he's usually very hammy in film. But all that, like, kind of, like... It's very brittle. Yeah, that brittle, like... Maxine de Winter. Oh, it's so good. But also, speaking of Vivian Lee. I'm I, like obviously no Rebecca should be shown on screen, but if there was a Rebecca, I think Vivian Lee would have been perfect for it. <laughs> but also like now she's a bit old, like but in her heyday, I think Catherine Zeta Jones would have been a great Rebecca. Like she's just got like Rebecca the model energy. for the portrait. She yeah, just, yeah, right? she just comes yeah, yeah. in as like yeah. a yeah. <laughs> it's a cameo. It's literally just the painting. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty um, good. Just pause. Another trailer that came out this week is from the other half of. Call me by your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't make that oh, connection. Yeah. yeah, both working hard. Dune. Uh, yeah, I have oh, no. I was not ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I have no knowledge of Dune. Uh, I know yeah. it's about Spice, and his name's Paul, which I think Paul is funny Atreides, because yeah. that's such a non-sci-fi sounding name Why to me. Love. Paul. Yeah, yeah um, Paul Luke. You know, yeah, yeah, just Paul Luke. Yeah, your favorite sci-fi boys. Um, but Christian yeah, boys. I, I don't know. I was just like. Uh, it looks like looks it like didn't. That is why, honestly. So, like, Kaz watched it. I was like, I had already seen it, and I was like, Kaz, check this out. Like, it's Denis Villeneuve's new yeah. film, and it's it he looks like, like a film by him. Lush, beautiful, like great cinematography. Although, admittedly, it is that same like orangey kind of like ah hellscape. But that's what you expect with a sand planet. And I showed it to Kaz, being like, sand. check this out. And then Kaz's, and then I just felt the jitters and like all of the like the tingles, even when I saw it the second time. And Kaz was like. Well, that's certainly science fiction. Like, I, I just like it's one of the you don't know the world and all the characters. Yeah, I just I was like, oh god, that looks like a lot of rules I'm going to learn. Not, this one. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen or read any Dune-related things, so I, I wonder if I should just go in blind, or if I should yeah. read. The I've book, tried to read it like three or times. If I should it watch the dense. David Lynch one, like I, I don't know, you know, yeah, like I, I know. I've never I seen it. Braved the Lynch, um, but I am curious. Uh, there was also like a Jodorowsky film, Jodorowsky rather, uh, that was supposed to have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was going to have a soundtrack of Pink Floyd um, to it. So them putting that in that trailer is like yeah, a little nod to a, it. Um, like a film recently that was Jodorowsky's Dune. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, which explored. Yeah. The, and um, so it was going to have Salvador Dali and yeah. stuff like that. It was going to be, had H.R. Giga attached. Yeah. So like all of the stuff like Alien and Look, I, I like that the got people influenced involved. came like, from that. Even though, you know, um, Oscar Isaac is Guatemalan, I could buy him as Timothy Chalamet's dad for some reason. I could oh, see it. I could it. see it, yeah. Same energy, same, like, brooding Heathcliff energy. And there is some, like, big, bulking armor on yeah. it. Like, he looks... You've like, got, he's pulling it off, though. Yeah. You've got Dave Bautista, always a welcome presence in film. Yeah, doing, doing, like, he's... he's Jason Momoa's in it? Bautista yeah. is kind of I doing, like, the, the wild he, boys kind of look with the yeah. totally white kind of face. Um, yeah, Momoa is, like, yeah. running at people and... You've got you've got Zendaya, which I stand. I missed her. I, yeah. I think I just I ble- I stopped watching the trailer. You got at some um, point. Charlotte Rampling, <laughs> Charlotte Rampling wearing the some trailer. Beads. Literally the only people oh, I remember so from this trailer is Timothy Chalamet and yeah. Oscar Isaac. I did not recognize no, anyone else. In Charlotte this. Rampling was the lady who was doing the voice. Yeah, she was like. T- she was I thought it was t- Helen Mirren for a second. Yeah. But, um, I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was Rebecca Ferguson because I knew she was in the film, and I was like. 
oh, is that Rebecca Fro? She's quite good. And I was like, oh, wait, no, it's Charlotte Rampling. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, it looks good. I'm looking forward to it. There's Me like too. a big, like, gaping asshole that comes out of the, um, yeah. the sand. I showed it to my coworker, and he was like, mushroom. And I was like, honestly, yeah, the design of it looks yeah. pretty mushroomy. Um, those are the big, yeah, sandworms that we get. And I'm into it. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I look, I had a good time at the movies watching Tenet. Um, don't know about the movie. We'll see later, as I mm. said. But, like, I was excited to watch, like, a big film in the movies again. And, you know, hopefully Dune is the same, you know, gives me the same kind of hype experience with it. Yeah. You know? We also saw one of the other trailers that we saw in front of Tenet is Wonder Woman 84. And um, I just want to shout out that that banging 80s tune that always plays in that trailer. It's always like, do 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 And I always bump my head to it. And I just, it's got some nice, lovely Chris Pine and he looks like he's glowing. And okay. I just, and I'm like, what is that song? I see it every time, like, listen out for it. It's, it's got a, it's a banging trailer. Isn't it's cut really well. 80s? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I said okay. that to my friend so when I was watching like, it. <laughs> shout out to synths. Yeah. That one of a contract. Exactly. Just give me that do, 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 baby. Keep going. Oh, I'm there for the digital fur technology. Yes. You know? <laughs> but, you know, on, on former Josh Mocas. She's called, like, the digital her, fur technology. so this is Kristen Wiig's character. It's called, like, Animal Lady or, like, Cat Girl. Cheetah. I'm sure she's oh, called cheetah. Animal Lady. <laughs> animal Lady. <laughs> I'm, like, cheetah. I'm like, I know nothing about this, but I am certain no. it's not Animal Lady. <laughs> there's, there's a superhero called Animal Man. Kristen Wiig, terrible. who yeah. I first saw as a cast member of the Josh Mo show. You guys know about that? No. It was like a fake reality oh. show tricking this one guy that he was in like a reality sh- show called The Lap of Luxury. And if he made it to the very end, he gets $100,000. And Joe Schmo, uh, and, and Joe Schmo, sorry, Kristen Wiig was one of the fake cast members. She was called Dr. Pat and she was like a, a weird quack doctor. She's like a housemate in the lap of luxury. Wow. She's pretty funny. And you just, had a, you just had a James moment where you, you talked about something that none of us knew and then... Fine. I well, I do it with confidence. Yeah, so. I've never, I've never heard of this, but this sounds yeah. like an interesting premise for a reality. Yeah, show. and they did a second season, uh, called you know Josh Mo Two, obviously, but it's like a guy and a girl. They go on a dating show, and they're different kind of like you know they're they're two suitors, um, but then the girl cottons on. And then they have to like pull her aside and make her a cast member, oh, and then bring in another so girl. Funny. It's pretty good. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh. Reality TV, it's still like a domain that is Speaking of a, um, someone who started from reality TV, I did watch, I'm thinking of ending things. Wait, yes? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Starring former I Do Anything anything runner-up. Jesse Buckley. Buckley. My favorite from the Andrew Lloyd Webber I Do Anything show, which I watched religiously. Right. I saw it with my parents and I... Was rooting for Jody and she won. So Jody was the safe choice. <laughs> Jody was gonna win. This is a phenomenon even. that totally passed me by. It feels like you guys had like an extra channel that I was just missing out on. Like this and the Monkey Temple one. The Monkey Temple. Legends of the Temple. It just it just makes it gives me such a thrill to just incorrectly title it. Yeah, and see your outrage. The show also produced third place. Miss Samantha Bucks, who is. Famously Eponine in, in yep. the Famously 2012 the, the incredibly cut down role of Eponine <laughs> yeah. that they gave her. I'm surprised uh-huh. they gave it to her, to be fair. Well, like, they were going to give it to Taylor Swift and there oh, was no. such an outfall that the community, the no, community revolted. You. She got her win later <laughs> on with Cat. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm thinking of anything. Uh, it's good. I like it, but I don't like. I quite like most Charlie Kaufman joints. Um, I love Synecdoche, New York. I love Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I think. What are your thoughts on Anomalisa? I, I like I like Anomalisa. I hated. Anomalisa I know. I know you hated so Anomalisa. Much. This is my like. I feel like I always run into people that liked it, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, let me tell you why. But I I'm not. This film. I'm not like <laughs> passionate about Anomalisa. <laughs> to me, it's kind of like seeing the reverse of like the relationship in. Um, Lost in Translation. You know, it's kind of that same dynamic between I haven't Lisa seen that. and... Um, you haven't seen Lost in Translation? Yeah. No. It's Holy. Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I, I know which, James, I know which like one a, it is. I just like a three-second pause just for that. But <laughs> <laughs> that's like... Ah, oh, that's a seminal film. That's I know, really but fun. I just haven't seen it. It's oh, on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. It is yeah. the superior yeah. between those two films. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, if you're going to watch one. Yeah, totally no, I, I like I think I respect it more than I like it because I think what was missing from me, which I enjoyed from other Charlie Kaufman films, obviously like the uh, the way he explores the interiority of these like you know pathetic men. It's like the way he does it is so singular and the, so visionary. But this one didn't really have that much emotional weight for me, so it was kind of difficult to connect with what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Even though I respected it um, on an intellectual level, what I really liked about it is that it really, um, and I'm doing this mostly spoiler free, um, is that like I think it captures really base and primal fears really well. So like these like there's some like uh, Jesse Buckley and um, Jesse Plemons are the main characters. They go to his parents' place, um, and like there's like things like the creepy basement there's like the anxiety of meeting your partner's parents there's like you know that at some point they go to high school and how large that looms for a lot of people you know the, the presence of the high school and they run into some high school like people from from jesse Plemons's past and like how those people kind of still sometimes you know have real estate in your head because of the way they treated you in high school stuff like that i think those are the ones, like, I don't think, you know, that's the main point of the movie, but those things, I'm just like, that's really creepy, and I, I quite like that. Um, Jesse Buckley is really good. I think, to me, like, I admire the performance. I usually know when I love a performance, there's a moment. Sometimes it's at the beginning where I'm like, oh, I'm all in. Sometimes it's, it's like, it comes later. Sometimes it's the cumulative effect of the performance. Um... But I really like it. And I'm glad she's getting raves. I'm not there yet. I'm not standing her yet. But, you know, she's good. And Jesse Plemons, again, doing really solid work. Cool. And Tony Collette, obviously, <laughs> she's amazing. And David Thewlis is also really good. So, you know. I really want to see Jesse Buckley's um, one about the country singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wild Rose. That was okay. That was good. Yeah. She was good. I, just, I feel like um, that feels like the sort of film that I like. I saw that trailer <laughs> and I was like, oh, that looks wholesome yeah. as hell. It's, yeah. yeah, it's... Oh, it's not as wholesome. It's kind of like a star is born light, you right. know? Mm. Like, um, yeah, where she goes to Nashville, she's Scottish. Um, yeah, she's American in this one. The accent was a bit dodge, but, you know, whatever. I think, yeah, yeah like, Synecdoche is kind of like a turning point for Kaufman, where... Yeah, I, and I, he started directing his own work. Yeah, yeah. and I, I really did like how... And as adaptation, that's 
is he working with or does he did that one himself i can't no, that's remember spike jones directed that one and he wrote it though right yeah he wrote yeah it. i just really like i liked his collaborations with jones i guess it's tricky of like oh, i liked your earlier stuff um but that and I eternal mean, sunshine there's just like it's there's a bit of heart paired with it whereas, i love eternal sunshine yeah even though you know it's a bit basic because it's everyone's favorite but you know sometimes the it's favorite a is film. a favorite for, for a reason, reason. yeah, yeah. It's a good film. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, can, I guess I can appreciate it. Yeah, as you're saying, um, he's getting more cerebral and more cryptic. But Yeah. So um, I, I, I appreciate it on a cerebral level. And I think definitely maybe a rewatch will make me kind of like, ooh, love it. But, you know, at the moment, unfiltered. I respect it and I like it. I'm not bowled over by it. But I, you know, that man is, you know, a, a screenwriter all to himself. Really, No one is really doing what he's doing in terms of scripts i think you know in a ambition wise maybe maybe the screenwriter we'll be talking about later on today <laughs> but you know ambition wise <laughs> <indeed>. <laughs> um have you guys been watching anything else been consuming um, anything so i have been uh showing james one of my favorite television shows that he'd not seen and i knew that he would love um and uh seems pretty on board with so far which is pushing daisies yes i have not um, seen pushing daisies but i know you i guys love get it into it you I will know, love, love it, it as yeah. well it's yeah. so whimsical it's so whimsical yeah it's great it's I just gorgeous i'm also like i'm just at now being being the same age that Lee Pace is, or like a similar age that Lee Pace is in Lee the Pace. series, as opposed to being like an early teen. Yeah. Much like the, the appeal of Lee Pace is his yeah. doubled, tripled. Yeah. To and me, <laughs> Lee Pace, I've never gotten until I found out that he might be queer, and I'm like, oh, okay. And more so interesting. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't find. Energy in this yeah, and, like, I couldn't find the the connective tissue between like this and Hannibal until I thought about it a little bit more. And Cass oh, yeah, was like, I was Brian like, oh, is, well, you know, it's like, Brian like Brian Fuller, Fuller's Brian husband Fuller is an joint. interior yeah. designer, and James yeah. was like, Brian Fuller is gay, and I'm like, James. James. <laughs> and then you think <laughs> about it, and then like, <laughs> yeah, Hannibal, like, obviously so such like uh homoerotic tension yeah. between uh -huh. the whole time yeah. Yeah, yeah. and like the beautiful like attention to detail and like same as is here in this Pushing daisies is like interestingly like very like feel like pretty heterosexual mm. in terms of like the relationships but there was just such like a strong energy. camp energy yeah. like yeah, yeah like yeah. Pretty much. Green, say, like, all of that cast strong by like, energy yeah. like, um, i used to watch uh, this show on prime tv that i didn't know until later was a brian fuller show called dead like me and Which was, this is like his first big I one. Well, this so. is where this yeah. idea came yeah. from. Really he was cool. working yeah. on this, uh, on Dead yeah, Like so Me. Yeah, this was, was pitched as a spin-off of Right. Like and then he was like, oh, what if a character can bring people to life? And then they couldn't figure out how to Which make it work. Which is pretty cool. Um, I only had like a, a few seasons, but like that's one of those things where I was like browsing through the channels and I was like, oh, this is on Prime. Like nothing else is on. Why not? Um, and I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. No, Brian is is great. And I hope he gets more projects, you know, you know signed off and, and greenlit because, yeah because yeah. american gods talk about is, a tv auteur yeah. <laughs> yeah um and if you don't know the the premise it's really cool uh lee pace is uh, magical he's able to touch dead things and Make bring them the back pie maker. yeah <laughs> uh, bring them back Minus to life touch. yeah and then so they can um, be alive for a minute without any consequences but the consequence is if they stay alive past a minute then something else around it of approximately equal like a human to a human relation like, you must know, die yeah. and um uh yeah he has to live with that consequence uh, he's like a crime fighting in i mean uh, an investigator trying to solve who killed various bodies uh with a 
private investigator and then oh. he wakes up the love of his life and decides to keep her in the world but he can amazing. never touch her or but she'll yeah, die so there's again there's this longing sexual oh. tension between like him because they that. can't ever touch like, and it feels oh, they've I got mean, such great chemistry I know like all work like feels like informed from the pandemic but the fact that they can't touch and interact you're like here's the thing so they ended it right they cancelled Pushing Daisies did it have a proper resolution not really this is the thing yeah that's why it's a writer's strike situation I think this is why I was always kind of like hesitant to start it because I knew I'd love it and then you'd be like no like of ending. It, I think do you reckon eventually Henry, they'll make a film like I Deadwood so. or, they should yeah. they really um, should because like yeah. especially now at the age of Netflix there are so many shows that could even have just a special you know like they could yeah p- they, people I mean they, special, they really freaking did so. that for Breaking Bad and no one even remembers no one that wanted now. it Breaking yeah. Bad also ended like when yeah. they wanted it to end yeah. very like, fully it was, you know yeah, yeah. but this is the thing it's like was a bit overstuffed just saying I didn't get past the first two seasons no, of Breaking enough. Bad. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. This is not for me. Breaking um, Bad is very strong masculine energy. I know, it's, just yeah. like, it's a bit too masculine energy yeah, for me. Um, um, I love that Like one of the few things I know about Pushing Daisies is the pilot is called Pilot. Yes. Which I don't know why. Because he's a pie maker. So oh, that makes pie. sense. And so he is able to like touch peaches and strawberries yeah. and inform them with like an extra quality of goodness. Oh. And then I guess like but yeah, like flowers, but then flowers around die. him die. But yeah. like it's okay because everybody gets these delicious pies right. that are like the freshest fruit that you can have. We should do some baking right. and watch the rest of it. Yeah, we should make a pie and watch it. Yeah. Yeah, Kirst like was telling me that um, when she would watch Lost as a kid, um, <laughs> she would be given duck and a chocolate. So this and is my family, tea. just not necessarily Lost, but this is the, the one of the big shows that we would always watch right. on the TV. And so at like you know you'd have dinner, you're watching television, mm. and then at the sort of halfway point of the TV show, my dad would wheel in the like tea trolley, and we would oh. have gin my cha green right, tea okay. and dark Ghana chocolate, and that was our like supper treat. <laughs> That's, that sounds it's healthy. Just like, it's got antioxidants. That's great. So it's Even very good for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I was like a teen. It's mm, <laughs> just the best way to consume media. Just yeah. a little treat halfway little, through. Just a little snack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I started watching Rami, which is actually pretty good. Um, have you guys heard of Rami? I have, but no. I, I, all I yeah. remember is like that they, he won the awards, yeah, and then it, everybody so was like, he was like, no one knows my show. Thanks yeah. for this award. Cool. No, like, so Rami Youssef. <laughs> it's like another one in those vein of just like you know shows by like comedians like auteurs mm. like girls. Thank you, Lena Dunham. Like it's the mm. one thing you've done for the world is um, <laughs> ushered in this like genre of show like mm. um, you know like Atlanta and um, Insecure, Insecure yeah. and. Uh, Master of None. So, like, Rami Youssef is, he's a Muslim comedian. And it's really, like, I don't think it's quite at the level of those shows yet. I haven't seen the second season yet. I'm just, like, you know, making my way through the first season. But it's, like, a really kind of, I think this might be the first show I've seen with, like, a Muslim protagonist. And it's, Mm. like, Mm. I'm digging it. He's just, like, a regular guy, obviously. Like, he's got his friends. He's busy juggling, you know you know, his familial duties and religion and, you know, just being, like, a normal 20-something dude and, you mm. know, interacting with other 20-something Muslims as well and, like, mm. how much they've strayed from their religion and how much, you know, what their relationship is with their families and their religion as well. It's just really, you know, nice. <laughs> like, I, I really like it. Like, um, yeah. And, and Rami himself is, like, only 29, so I'm just, like, you know, it's getting to the point where we're, we're like, at the same age as the people playing 
like characters on TV, so you're like, oh, I relate. Oh, I relate. I relate. To I relate. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because like those people, like Donald Glover and like Issa Rae and like um, um they're a bit older than us, you know. So they're still like a few years ahead. But Rami's <laughs> twenty nine, and you know, I the mean, clock I'm... is ticking, and yeah. the biological clock within yeah. Matt is just. <laughs> who would who would be the ideal like New Zealand comedian to like follow around like Rose Metafeo for like a show like that? She could do a good show, I think. Good. Yeah, I yeah. think. I want to. I still want to see the Tim and guys like red shoe, like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. like YouTube red, like special that they Worst did. Worst idea of all time where they went into a sewer and watched really strong. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, that's fine. Um, um, Horn Dog is also on Neon now for yeah, New Zealand, um, um, so I'm very keen to see Rose Matafeo's um, Netflix, Netflix uh, <laughs> special, special, HBO, HBO Max special. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which is available on Neon. I'm also really looking forward to her one about the baby. Um, oh, yeah, with, 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 yeah. with Matthew Lewis. Yeah. yeah, it just looks super sweet. Like, yeah. And it's by the same people that did Fantail, which is a New Zealand film that I really need to see. You've praised it. It's really lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really interesting. You know what a New Zealand film is that I'm kind of curious about? Lovebirds. <laughs> I is don't have any appeal for love, but I've not seen, seen it. Some just because I'm just like, <laughs> what a weird movie! It's just like Reese Davy and Sally Hawkins in a romantic comedy. What is this? I mean, yeah. it's such a coup to get Sally Hawkins. I think oh, it's just such tea. a thing. This of... is T. This is T. The director wanted Emily Blunt, but you know, I think she's a bit too. Yeah, I think she's a little bit too. This was before. <laughs> this was before Sally Hawkins really, you know, graduated into the prestige yeah, actress that she is pre, today. Where was um, Emily Blunt? This was post. Career. This was post Happy Go Lucky, but, but pre pre like Blue a Jasmine, pre, in Shape of Water, shape, shape of Water, water and all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah, she hasn't made something in a while. Well, I guess pandemic. But yeah, like, yeah. Mm. I'd love to see more Sally. Oh yeah, no, can't get I enough love, of her. I love Sally Hawkins. Um, and the other thing that I've been watching is an amazing reality show called Legendary. About, like, you know, it's, like, a competition show with, like, different um, houses compete in bowls. And, like, at the end, the house that wins, um, you know, wins $100,000. And you just have these, like, you know, different houses from the bowl scene competing on, like, a much larger stage. Nice. Um, you know, like, the, the, the thing I love about it is just you get all these different personalities. And it's just, like, you know, you you get little snippets of them backstage and they're all so funny and they're just like real and like they're so unmanufactured but they're so naturally charismatic and yeah just seeing you know getting a deeper dive into into that scene and like you know they're all competing but they all know each other from the scene obviously so it's like you know the shade is like loving but also it cuts deep so mm. <laughs> have you seen secret sunset that's on netflix selling I, sunset selling sunset yes i've seen because a... i hear it as the trashiest like no i've seen a couple show. of episodes and i was like yeah it's it, it's it's pretty um yeah i would watch it but i stopped myself from like after two episodes i was like <laughs> i can see myself getting it's like watching in. the bachelor or something like that or yeah like i have never like the appeal of the real housewives have it, like it hasn't really appealed to me right. but i feel like this might be a gateway to that and there are a lot of those shows so i'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna stop myself be now yeah. before, mm. <laughs> but you know like it's compulsively watchable like it's like it's like watching a reality show about real life Regina Georges and um oh, I it's, see. it's pretty funny it's yeah. it's like it's it's yeah it's just all these it's because it's the way they act and the way they talk and the things that they say they just sound so iconic like they would say a weird line and you're just like. 
what is that? That's it's like, it's just, a, or just it's a normal line, but it's delivered yeah, with yeah. emphasis. But it just sounds it, it, like the way they deliver it just gives me dopamine. You know, it's just like, ooh, you know, like. You need those dopamine hits every once in a while. You know, like and it's just you know. Yeah, it's just that kind of dynamic where, like, you hear a phrase and it's just like one thing I've been saying recently, and this is from um, an episode of the podcast called Nymphomaniac. Um, I think that's what it's called. But one of the episodes is called Murder on Dumb Bitch Express. And oh, I, I love saying I love saying it. Whenever I do something dumb, I'm like, fuck, Murder on Dumb Bitch Express. <laughs> but shit like that, I'm just like, oh. Yeah, it has to be. Like, it's oral history. You have to keep saying it. And talking of the most iconic dumb bitch himself on the Iron <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. Let's, Let's talk get to about our feature presentation. Our feature presentation. <laughs> so, no, it's not a bad segue. I was, bad I was fishing for it. You'll good. notice in like the last like two minutes, I just go quiet because I was just right, we've get out of this. focusing on like film. where the segue yeah. was. And um, that was perfect. Yeah, so uh, we normally talk about our previous experience with this film, but obviously none of us had seen this. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, reviewed a previous Christopher true. Nolan film. It's I guess we all true. generally like him. You see Inception yeah. every Christmas. Well, no, I saw Inception for three Christmases. Well. <laughs> right. I I should, so we're ready for a rewatch. Get back to it. <laughs> Yeah. Again. Honestly, I'd be keen for a rewatch at this time. Like, I think enough time has passed. Yeah, like, we'll watch Inception. We'll yeah. take it down to the batch. Remember yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and his career? Yeah. 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 record Joe. Mm. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, no, they, they, obviously this was a big hyped event. Um, and they, yeah, um, famously, Christopher Nolan was asking people to risk their lives yeah. <laughs> to watch it in the movie yes. theater. So, like, here in New Zealand, um, we are... Murder on the Dumb Bitch uh, Express. There is some <laughs> level of control over COVID. But yeah, it's very if you unethical. Are not to in New Zealand, and if perhaps people. you're in the US or the UK, please, please, from the bottom of our hearts here at Mixed Bag Podcast, Nympho Wars. do not come. Sorry, I, I just I don't want to discredit um the podcast. It's called Nympho Wars, not Nymphomaniac. That's a Lars von Trier film. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, I was like, yeah. what is the premise of this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, if you're not in New Zealand and you're in a place where there's lots of COVID ravaging your land, uh, please, please do not go to the cinema. Stay safe and yeah. stay inside. Yep. Yeah. And I think that... I don't know, watch Mulan or something. The, the rumours are <laughs> is that Tenant... Um, I heard a figure, like, they're trying to keep it secret how much it has earned for the box office because this is quite low. I think I heard, like, 14 million, um, which is around the world, which is also crazy that they yeah. that people also went out and, and saw that but yeah it's too low so that's pushed all the other like tent poles like wonder woman has now been pushed back to christmas and they're wondering if james bond will do the same because it's Probably. all like oh yeah. can you know is this viable yet and it's like no just leave just cinema don't. for a bit yeah the funny thing was like the james bond trailer played before a movie and it said april 2020 everybody yeah. laughed it was, so <laughs> it was like laughs in the cinema oh my god um no time for that <laughs> so uh i have volunteered to do the movie in a minute well um, yeah it's your turn and so. it's my turn <laughs> yeah. but also i like a challenge and yeah, i'm excited we, for this we one. are sending our best troop for this the I'm protagonist yeah, yeah the protagonist <laughs> all right um uh, wrap up of tenant movie in a minute in three two one go
there's this guy played by John David Washington who's called the protagonist, apparently. Um, he doesn't really get a name officially throughout the film. He is a CIA agent, I believe. Uh, he takes a suicide pill after a mission fails and then wakes up from a coma. Turns out it wasn't a suicide pill, it was a test to see if he was good enough to join this uh, new elite squad called Tenet. Um, and then he finds out what Tenet is and finds out that it's to do with uh, these technologies that have come from the future that invert bullets and other weapons um, so that they go backwards through time. Uh, and he's like, okay. And so then he starts um, doing this seconds. mission alongside Robert Pattinson, who's this guy that teams up with him. They have to break into this, like, Indian arms dealer's house. They have to uh, destroy, like, uh, Kenneth Branagh, who's, like, a baddie's, like, um, paintings for some reason. Also, Elizabeth Debicki's there. She's very long. Um, there's a bit, they've got these big machines. You can go into the machine. And you seconds. go backwards through time. And so they have a lot of various action sequences where things are happening. People are going backwards through time, but they're actually going forwards through time at different points. There's a bit where John David Washington fights himself. It's the best part of the film. Uh, and time. yeah, that's Tenet. Tenet. And when we're doing this, when we're saying Tenet, tenet. like that, we are uh, interlacing our fingers in the symbol uh, that is given to us. Yeah. In so in the trailer, we get I'm going to give you one word, Tenet. Uh, tenet. tenet. You keep saying Tenet. Tenet. They always blur it. Anyway, so but it's then quite a muffled film. But yeah. then in the film, he's like, I'm going to give you one gesture. Uh, laces his hands together yeah. and one word. Tenet. Tenet. And it doesn't exactly go but I, like, I across feel like the ear as easily. The ideal way of saying it is just like a slight whisper, but like, you know, like you have to hunch your shoulders in a bow, be like, Tenet. Tenet. It's it's like, you know, it's like Shikata <laughs> Gana. It's like Namaste. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, the, the gesture of the crossing of the fingers, I think John David Washington did it subtly when he went and saw Clement's uh, posy. Clement's, yeah. Um, but it's not like a huge part of the film. There's no, like a bit where really it's kind of explained. Honestly, I wish they did it more. But yeah, you know, that'd be let's, good. well, let's talk about what so, we liked. Yeah. I think we should start with you know, as is customary, the hottest person in the movie. Hottest person in the movie. I think Elizabeth like, Becky. <laughs> Robert Pattinson with a bullet. Uh, like both good choices. Both good choices. Yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Okay, <laughs> let us let us all give our defenses. Um, for, Elizabeth I mean, Debicki is so long. She's really look long. at her. Yeah. She's so elegant, she's and long. they just I like I her love style. that. So and often really they just like oh yeah. like women we're gonna make them look tiny and petite in films, and no, they're like nah. They we're double putting down. her in heels. We're putting her in lengthening outfits. Can you imagine seeing this in IMAX and just how tall She'd she be would so long. dominate? But just like the, seeing just even screen. seeing her on the street, you're like, who is this Amazonian just, like, goddess? Just past, you're like, yes. Like yeah. head above all the other women on Look, the screen, and she's always framed alongside her son, her son, who is tiny. Yes. Uh, no, in terms no. of writing for the character, no, but much like to be explored. But we're getting further. that height difference. It's like that's a child. There's even, there's even a plot. A plot point where at one point Elizabeth Vicky is kidnapped and put into a car and like tied up, and then the car is a backwards car because of backwards world, Ooh, yeah. and it's driving backwards, and she's got to like free herself and like get ready to, to take the wheel. And so there's this shot where she from the back seat is like reaching forward into the driver's gear with her. Cass is literally Cass is reenacting this moment. Yeah. Uh, it's a strong moment. Right now. Um, and yeah, and you're like, look at me, like, of course she's she, her legs she's are long. so long, she I can reach. This. this is one of the best moments. <laughs> to the film where they really like you know act, you know f- like utilize her tallness like her legs open the front door window uh, yes. front door, 
and, and then like the camera like pans back just to like show you and it like pans along the leg to be like did you see this was this yeah. feat was only achieved <laughs> by Dibiki's long it's, leg it's literally a flex like it is yes, a literal flex yes. anyway that's my that's my case for MVP no. um, okay Robert Pattinson has his hair like dyed I love like that like blonde dyed where you can kind of see that it's been dyed and you're like yes cool it is artifice um, <laughs> but you know clearly and he like has like this five o'clock shadow for his character for like the majority of the time except for when he wants to like go into an art place and pretend to be fancy then he does a bit of a shave but most of the time he's a bit dirty he's a bit scruffy and he's doing an English accent that is believable alongside other English people. I think there's someone else that's he's English at one point. Is he? Oh, that's right. Well, he's doing a. Well, if we're talking, Is he? yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's yeah, British. true. He was in the, he's Cedric Diggory. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's doing an RP accent that is different from his normal voice, mm. um, and it it. Again, that artifice, that slight little, like, oh, he's putting it on, but I buy it, um, was just really good. Like, we, so the the unofficial title of this is Hot Butter, um, MVP, <sighs> most uh, visually pleasing. And, like, he is hot butter. That's what hot butter turns into when it's been heated in the pan. It starts turning French. a little, like, goldy and, like, just really warm and comforting. And that's the presence. Neil actually is the most likable character in this, this film, too. This is probably true. I would, yeah. I would Neil's say his character. Yeah. And, like, everything about that was giving me that warm, juicy, golden butter. No, I think I'd agree. I mean, like, he was a very strong contender. I think you've you've definitely, like, um, switched me Stated over. Stated my case. But, um, I, I, well, I have a top three. So, like, in third place was Priya. For, like, an older Indian lady, she was giving Priya's me... Strong. She was yeah. Oh, her blowout <laughs> in, like, that first scene. I, also, all of the costume design for Priya, for Priya very, very good. She was just giving me so much sex like in the, like the way she commanded john david washington and her husband first... she was like step aside yeah absolutely she was giving me dom energy fuck yes um you've already talked about robert who was my initial choice but mm-hmm. i wanted to state a case for atj <laughs> he is so hot in this movie so just to clarify aaron taylor johnson not in the film for most of the film comes and in like at the last act. four 40 minutes of the film yeah. so yeah. he just shows up He's like t- he's in the time army from. The we future. haven't said this. We're spoiling the hell out of Tenant. If you haven't Tenant, if you haven't yeah, figured are, that out, we will I mean, always this is, spoil. This is, yeah. We will always the spoil the. I know, the I know. Stuff just like in case you decided to listen without watching the film, and if you are again outside of New Zealand, <laughs> again, please don't watch the again, film. This film is like who cares if it you come matter. in with spoilers? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Robert Pattinson is just like he looks good in this haircut. His confidence. I talk about Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> no, no, I was talking, oh. talking about my second place. Oh, oh. Okay, R- okay. RP, um, who might actually be my first because his confidence was just like mm. staggering. Mm. Like he walked into the room and he knew his dick was big. You know, like he was just like, yeah. mm. he's like, I own everything. He does. Doesn't matter that like he was the supporting character to to John David Washington. He was in control. Yeah, and that is hot energy um but aaron taylor johnson also like paired with like seeing the batman trailer a a voice uh, a trailer that we didn't discuss like he can also do the black mascara like my um chemical romance yeah i was about to stumble (laughs) on that one my chemical romance look so he can do gold butter and he can do (laughs) gold butter dark winter just anyway okay it's a variation (laughs) yeah uh, but Aaron Taylor Johnson comes in so unassuming. Like, you're just like, wait, who's that? I did not recognize yeah. the man. But he was, he comes in, but he's like rugged. 
he's like, and he flashback to his days as kick-ass. He was so lanky. But now he's a, he's a whole ass man. I like that we're all the in favor contents. of like big, tall women. You tall women, and then like lanky boys. Ugh. Yeah, but like, but I like he's... lanky boys. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I am one. Again, I just remember in the trailers the no, no Time to Die trailer, and then I said Ray Fiennes is looking quite portly, <laughs> <laughs> which he is. He's giving me white Jeffrey yeah, Wright but it energy. Was, it was the portly as a as a <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's like, it was just like he's looking quite portly. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a thing everyone says. Is the obvious word you you would yeah. use. Um, but. Aaron Taylor Johnson comes in all rugged and you're like, mm. like, it's just like such a, not really a small role, but I'm like trying to figure out if it was him or if it wasn't him. And he's doing his British accent, which sounded a bit South African sometimes. It was weird. Yeah. I didn't know where he was from. I thought he was Australian for a bit. Yeah. Like same. Yeah. But yeah. I think he was just trying to be a different type of British. For yeah, me, in my mind, I was I like, hope. good on this Australian actor for landing this role. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a coup. But, uh, yeah, no clue it was him. I don't know. He just like, he had the energy. Like, it was just like, I had to double take. I was like, is that Aaron Taylor Johnson? It is. He's always been hot. And, I th- and I think another thing that makes him extra hot is that, you know, like, you know, a nowhere boy. And he just decided to like marry his director. Who's like. 50 years old, yeah. Yeah, he's like 20 years his senior. That's Mm. hot. Yeah. Because he could have anyone he wants, and he's just like, nah. And they've continued to work together, and yeah, they're a super stable couple. Um, I respect some of his career choices, even though if I don't always love the films, he's also in Nocturnal Animals playing like a creepy, skeezy dude. I can't remember. It's like Scruffy, right? I loved him in Nocturnal Animals because you know what? He was very natural in the role. I was like, I I buy that 100% for you. And he, he's kind of been, in the past he's done Godzilla and people have been like, what are you doing, Aaron? Who knows? Ugh, I don't like you. But yeah. I think he's right, made some real um, clever choices just, in terms of his, his yeah. casting in recent he's, years. He's got that real hotness. But I think I think definitely my official hot butter is Robert Pattinson, but I just had to... I with like a side of out. bacon or something with, yeah. Uh, yeah. with a bit yeah, yeah, of yeah, AT, yeah. G. Yeah, so yeah. A- ATG. ATG. Oh, yeah. Gonson. Gonson. ATJ is the steak, and then it's you cook the steak Johnson. with with the hot butter, which is yeah. Robert Pattinson. Mm, mm. And where does Debicki fit in this? She's the garnish. Not in the top three for that. Oh no, yeah, the spice. The spice is, is pretty. Pretty. Yeah, the spice is pretty. Okay. Yeah. Um, so things we liked, we liked these people and how they looked on screen. Look. Uh, yeah, things we liked. Uh, the scene where John David Washington fought himself. Um, oh, that's, it, was, it was really It was fun. really cool. Um, I liked all the hand-to-hand combat scenes. Yeah, So there is the really one fun. where he fights himself, where at first you don't know what it is. Yeah, but you also, play well, it, it through once. There's and like it looks just... like disorientating and a bit clumsy. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. what I like, because like a real fight, it's a bit clumsy. Like if you see someone actually fight, there's some stumbling going on. Like they at points it looked like wrestling. Like at points it looked like ballet. Yeah. But so, so sort of the context for this one is like it, earlier on um, Robert Pattinson and John David Washington go into like this place in the art gallery space mm. um, and it's the first time we've encountered this weird time door thing which yeah. exists in various places around the world in this world um, and yeah it seems like this guy in like a big like clad and all this sort of like military armour <laughs> comes out of nowhere just like starts fighting wailing on <laughs> just just wailing on John yeah. David Washington um, and then at the same time another one comes out and runs past Rob Pattinson who chases him through another door and mm. we just watch the scene and we're like what the hell's happening here I don't know um, and then he he gets away at the end 
Um, and then later on, they've gone back to the same moment in time through the reversal of a time thing to get to the time door. Anyway, and so he comes yeah, back Yeah, they're in, trying to save Elizabeth. He's going backwards. Back and so we're seeing the scene that we saw maybe 30 minutes before again, but from the other perspective and, of that way's the forward. And like that completely tonally different because it is balletic. It is like really yeah. flowing. Yeah, like, and we're watching it and it's him being, you know, you realize like, oh, the, the soldier isn't attacking him. It's yeah. self-defense because like he knows that he's going to attack himself. <laughs> and so yeah. he's just like, yeah, out of the way. It's really cool. Yeah. And I mean, the other hand-to-hand combat scenes, I was very invested in as well. Like when... Um, John David Washington first has a scene with like Elizabeth Debicki. They come for di- they they go for dinner, and then like you know John David Washington gets escorted back oh, to the some, kitchen. Some Russian area. goons yeah. come, and there's this big old one with a meat tenderizer. Yeah, yeah. and he was giving me camp because he was like, oh, he I was like giving me. He was giving me if the brief was brute. He was like, yes, <laughs> yeah. I will give that an extra. He was what? like, Whoa. I think it's Whoa. the fact that like, meat tenderizer was particularly funny. Absolutely. Well, and that whole sequence, it's like John David Washington like beats them up like really viciously. Like yeah, the no. filmmaking is like, boom, he's like, like throwing them around. A guy's face. But I loved it. It was just so like practical. They didn't have to use any like complicated like yeah. choreography. He was just like shoving them. Like at some point he like shoved them to like plates and the plates all broke (laughs) and it was fucking amazing. Like I was very, very into those scenes. Yeah. And I think when they come, you're like, yes, finally, because you have this anticipation. It's like adrenaline Yeah. The one, another piece uh, that I really enjoyed is when the introduction of um, just before this kind of fight sequence when John David Washington fights himself is this really confusing, disorientating scene where... um, Robert Pattinson and um, John David Washington are like facing Ken Branagh and Elizabeth Debicki and he has a gun trained on um, her head and they're in like this like lurid like purple lighting. And we're in one of these time door zones. Yes. Yeah. And so John David Washington is responding to Ken Branagh and we can't understand what he's saying. He's like, and then, and then, but uh the protagonist was responding in a way that was totally he was like completely understood what was happening and i didn't know what the fuck was happening and there was a it was a moment in the film where i was like what the hell like because there's a long section sections of these films where you're sitting back being like okay cool explain the premise chris fine but this bit i was like what the fuck oh my god and then it's that anticipation of like this director knows what the fuck they're doing i have the confidence that they're gonna like map it out and like clear it out and that's when it felt like oh things are alive and then he jumped jumps inside the whatever machine and then it starts going through the world and everything is zipping backwards and he has to figure out like how to drive a car when his world is inverted so like the world is going backwards but he is going forward so like the interrelation of those elements especially when it was just him by himself as opposed to like later when this whole army's doing that was like really cool oh, i love that because that's the micro horror of like how does this work that's like really relatable yeah yeah, like, yeah. And there's like a bit where a car explodes, but because of um, like it goes really cold before the heat or something like well, that. Because he's in reverse. This one I was right. like, I don't, I don't buy the logic of this one, Chris. Yeah. But like, <laughs> it was like he he's in an explosion, and then uh, he wakes up, and uh, Rob Pattinson has like treated him for hypothermia because yeah. he got so cold because it was oh. reverse fire, which I'm like, yeah, no. But that, I mean, that, <laughs> I that movie logic, I was like, to me, oh whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, I was in for the ride as well. I think I just like, like, all right, I think okay. Just a general like tick for me, the concept. I think like you know, I think it's great that Chris does 
um, it's like high time. concept. You he know, loves you know? thinking yeah. about ideas. Love time. time, and you know, I do like the concept of you know a movie that you know goes forward and then backwards in time, and that's I think yes. that general concept is really yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think conceptually yeah. there is some fun to be had. Like you know, there are parts of this that do feel kind of like Chris Nolan's just like guys. I've just discovered that you can put film backwards, yeah. and it looks really cool, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then has built stuff around that oh. as opposed to. There being a clear, but I, like, I feel like, like he, to he, me, points for were, ambition, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, there, like, and it does look cool. There like is some yeah. level of because I thought it was just going to be that of like sometimes stuff is reversed, but there are like layers which he builds on, like this kind of inverted yeah. world. There, um, there, yeah. there are stuff that like he's they've definitely thought through it, but how well? Yeah, we, yes. we'll discuss in a bit. Maybe like, not um, nothing as dexterous as something like Inception, yeah. where it's like it just the keeps on finding its rules, like yeah. like the nothing in this feels still as like iconic and like wow as like i don't know joseph gordon levitt's like scene in the um in the hallway where the the world is moving yeah Yeah. Yeah. like i guess the fight with john david washington fighting himself comes close but it's still not quite nearly as as powerful as Mm. anything from his former films i enjoyed a particular scene when when elizabeth debicki was first meeting um john david washington and 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 the dinner and she killed it. Yeah, she was meant. To, she, there was some dialogue that was uh, like, "This is a lot to to like offload to someone who you've just met." But she was yeah, was selling like, the pathos. She was selling <laughs> the hurt. I was like, "Damn, girl, get it!" Yeah, she sort of explains about like basically the plan is that he is going to like he meets Michael Caine at mm. one point. Michael Caine's in one scene. He just adds yeah. some lunch, gives some instructions. And I also, don't know. I have no sa- idea who he's says that to his be. suit is a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah it criticizes like, his Brooks suit. Brothers will not cut it for these people. And I'm like, apparently. And and then, okay. also, at lo- the end, I also love that the scene his his um his character's name is Sir Michael. I know. John David Washington is like, thanks, Sir Michael. And we're like, oh, so <laughs> he's just playing a version of himself. Like, it was just supposed to, it was supposed to be Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah. so or I know like, oh, not about Chris like, Nolan. Films. Or they like, I've been in a lot of them. Well, my thing is, or they like, like they just him. called up Michael. Yeah, exactly. Like, on, they like, get the cameras in like, there. Michael, what are you up to? Oh, I'm having Chris, lunch. I'm just having lunch. It's like, do you want to do you want to hang out with? John David Washington, oh, and then yeah. they yeah, just, just put like, it in the phone. The do you want to say right. these lines? Yeah, just send me the script. <laughs> I'll yeah. put on my phone. Yeah. All right, let's go. Um, um, but yeah, so anyway, so he gets told from that he gets some <laughs> fake art that he needs. That they're trying to get to Kenneth Brenner, who's this Russian dude called Sater. Which yeah. like is after the Sater Square, which is like a palindromic thing. I just kept on thinking yeah. of Sater as in like the yeah. horniest fuck Dionysus. No. Got it uh, But yeah, anyway, he's like a this. The, oh, Andre. Andre Sater. Uh, if you didn't know that he was Russian. He's Russian. We'll, we'll get to we'll, we'll um, They're trying to talk to him for reasons because I don't know things. And they're like, the best way to do it is through his wife. So you're going to have to go. And she's like an art person that like yeah. works for an auction house. And so they're trying to like use this forged painting. Yeah. And so so then, like, yeah, he, she realizes the painting's fake. And then like she and John David Washington have dinner in which she's just like, yes, like my husband has a hold over me in that I, I, he bought the fake painting. But uh, as long as it exists, then I can never leave him. Some truly ridiculous things. Because of my son. And there's this whole, yeah, she has this whole monologue also, about it's this like, one day they went on this yacht. And it's, then... a, it's a Goya painting. And Goya, if you know his art, is like really horrific and mm. out there. And they pick like 
just a random <laughs> yeah. sketch. And it's, it's like true. James is a huge Goya fan. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like Goya started going like blind. Um and obviously when you're painting, it's nice to be able to see. And Do so I. he painted um I think it's called like the dark paintings, which are like twelve or fourteen, like really like fucked up, like horrific things because he felt his body mm. was declining. And they're horrific. And it's like the, so if you're associating Goya with someone that is like really gross and despicable, which is what Kenneth Branagh's character is meant to be, uh, when I see Ken Branagh, I'm supposed to be disgusted instead of <laughs> amused and slightly delighted. Oh, yeah. well, oh Kenneth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it. Like, we'll talk about it. <laughs> then, then give me a dark Goya. That's all I'm asking. Oh, yeah. But but she yeah she says these truly ridiculous things in this monologue. Yeah. But she like. She made me believe. I was <laughs> it's like, a very strong monologue. It was. I was like, but like, I was a bit disappointed because after that, like, all she had to do was bring my up son. her son all my the son. time. My son. And I was like, everyone Dad. in the world will die, including my son. And I was like, and what so a great, I was, at first I was like, oh my God, Elizabeth Debicki, you found me. <laughs> I stand. But you know, like you just, you can't go on for that much good will. There for is, like there is two another, hours and 30 another very good Elizabeth Debicki oh, I thought, yeah, I thought if there was just one more scene with Elizabeth, yeah. where like say, well, if, it. I mean, yeah. say if she was on like a ceiling or something or like a roof, and what if it was really like hot, um, and then she would be a a cat on a hot tin roof. What? Oh, because her name is Cat. Ah, yeah. I see. I mean, it was a long walk. It's a long walk. We're I trying. Mean, we're trying. Our... She's got long legs, yeah. so <laughs> she can walk that easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's I really think hard she's doing to a great remember. Job with a badly written Christopher Nolan. Yeah, villain. well, it's, <laughs> it's hard to even remember the characters' names in these films. But yeah, the, the, well, the, because one you're of like, them doesn't have one. So. Like, I think Elizabeth Debicki is going to be a ma- like just by virtue of her presence, going to be a major actress in like the next. Well, it's just still such a fucking tragedy that would didn't land the way it no, should have yeah. because she kills that character I think she killed it all the way back in Great Gatsby where she played Jordan Baker she was fucking great in that I would love to go back and watch Great Gatsby yeah. because I've never seen I love because the, the people Lerman, have, have said Gatsby. some shit about it I and love, I'm like I want to go back and, and see Gatsby. the dancing of the cars to well, Jay-Z and see yeah, how it to lands me, I'm just now like well you're not gonna remake the poeticism of the novel so you might you as, may as well, well go, pick a big swing and yeah, do it and make some big changes yeah no um, but yes, I hope she has a very long career because her, she has very long legs and very big talent. So <laughs> let's, let's um, give her the roles. Any other good things before we move yeah, on to I'm really struggling. To me, well, no, I well, my biggest good thing about the movie, it's giving me unintentional camp, honey. <laughs> yes. So our experience yes. watching this was so, delightful. You've got to imagine all of us, we spent most of this movie, we were just like chatting comments Hooting with laughter, like some point's just like applauding with dumb stuff. I feel bad for the people behind it. Everybody else in this film, there's a man like sitting with it, like his fingers like steeple, like steeple together, looking Uh, and watching the screen. Like he was just doing. Tenet. Yeah, Tenet. He was trying to connect with the characters. But if these people around, they're just like, oh, yeah, I've got to understand this. And I'm like, oh, guys, you think this is a smart film, but it isn't. (laughs) Oh, oh, there is the the many moments, starting with um, the dialogue. The dialogue. So dumb. Um, The bit where Prius is like, (laughs) he got it from the future. (laughs) It was like, yeah, John David Washington's like, that kind of technology is not around yet. He got it from the future. I'm like, oh, of course. (laughs) Sorry, didn't think of that. But also just all the all the little like snippets of dialogue like now I get it. Like are you getting it? This Yeah. What is it? 
That's also, what it is. Also, there's parts where, like, John Doe Washington is like, I'm the protagonist. Yeah, yeah. They're the antagonist. Um, and I'm like, I, like, clearly this is supposed to be, like, a thing that's your CIA talk yeah, or yeah. something. But well, that it, was is, the, it is not. So, like, <laughs> it, I was trying to figure out, like, why he was so fixated on that. And there's a bit where he's like, he's like, I'm the protagonist. And he's thinking, like, singularly minded. And then... Priya, at one point, is like, you're a protagonist. There are other protagonists in this world. Like, we're all so, living our own stories. And I was like, oh, cool, Chris. That's, is that you know. It's it's and then at the very end, he's like, I'm the protagonist. <laughs> it's my narrative. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. Um, oh, Priya's, the actor who plays Priya, her first name is Dimple, which I find cap. Her name is Dimple <laughs> Kapadia. Yes. I'm, like, I'm just like, that's so delicate for what you. What a cute little Dimple. name, Dimple. <laughs> um, I loved like the little moments. Like there was one point, like they were um, yeah, in the art gallery and this extra. Oh, who was, uh, like, oh the featured extra who played the art gallery was, showing like, around. He was so cute. Oh, he was just doing what a too big performance. much. Yeah. And I loved every <laughs> well, because second of it. Someone is narrating, I think. And then so we can kind of hear their description when he's describing Robert and to Robert like, Pattinson. Just come but on he's inside. being so go. big with his hands. It's every single gesture that we were all just sitting there <laughs> miming along to his gestures in the cinema. I love him. He's great. But I think the thing that, like, those would be, like, little novelties, oh, little wait, wait, treats. I want to say one more Oh, before, one thing before, before we get, get to the that. big meal? Um, yeah. Um, regarding this person, he, like, they, they were about to go to, like, you know, the plane. And, you know, he asked the John David and, and um, Robert if they would like anything. And Robert was like, no, thank you. And then John David <laughs> oh. was like, I'd like an espresso. espresso. Thank you. <laughs> and so then he, he has this tiny espresso. <laughs> the They're about to go to the plane and do a mission. <laughs> doesn't look like there's anything in it either. But like, also, like, I just love that he's like, I've got time for an espresso before the mission that yeah. I'm going to do. I know. I would get so distracted. <laughs> like, I don't need a so, caffeine so, hit. Like, carrying so, it around in this little porcelain. Oh, oh, oh you're going to spill the tea? <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's also, like, one moment later on where, like, John David is about to go to the reverse world and like he's talking to this female like soldier or something and she offers him like the uniform yeah. and he's like we don't have time, we don't have time, time for this like, what are you talking she's like about? this is protective gear you need to survive in the world yeah. like you they literally have to have like pumped in oxygen because they can't survive in like I guess just outside yeah. in the world. I can tell yeah, because the oxi- oxygen is you can do it inside yeah. I don't know I think Chris's dialogue is just like if he took himself a little less seriously, oh. it's just oh, so funny. So I got another things. thing. I got another thing <laughs> on the dialogue because, like, okay, throughout this film, Chris obviously loves exposition dumps. Yeah, oh. yeah. Like, we get them in Inception. I mean, we have to get we them. Accept we have them. To, otherwise, yeah. We don't. It's a high and so throughout, film, sure. we get these kind of concepts and theories so we can understand them easier. And so every once in a while, people go, you know, about the grandfather theory, and then they go on, go ahead and explain it. The bit that really got me because we get three or four of these from Clemency Posey like her that's probably not the way to say her name Clemence Clemence Posey um, that's her entire character Fleur doing it just introducing us to it but the bit that really got me once we've had a bunch of concepts is like this is like two hours and say like 35 minutes in and we've gotten so many of them and then Aaron Taylor Johnson is like you heard of the pincer theory the dual <laughs> pincer where one army is going forward but one that army is going backwards. back and it's just like the it's it's a longer phrase than that, like, the, like dual the, pincer the dual pincer attack strategy. 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 And I was like, wow, okay. <gasps> Imagine a pincer. And I, <laughs> I just <laughs> lost oh. it. 
We can't. Uh, oh, so many different elements no. that oh. need to be explained. But, you know, but there's the so best... many scenes where there's just like somebody doing like exposition, exposition, and they're like the grandfather paradox, exposition, Easily. exposition. Entropy, exposition, exposition, and yeah. it's just like oh, one person just says a word to encourage. Well, that's why the gap is for me, and then they're just like, "You get that, right?" And they were like, "Yes, yes. but I <laughs> don't get it. Like, I don't understand. I don't get it." But that's fine. Um, but I think the 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 thing that we're about to discuss, I think, would be maybe not a good thing for most, a lot of people. No, but not I... a good thing for what the film's <laughs> trying to achieve. But no. yeah, <laughs> what. Oh, James, this is this is this is one for you. We gotta talk about the Shakespearean actor <laughs> Kenneth Branagh because he has been you know, cast you know, in this film. Ken, I would just like to say to you, you're one of my favorite Shakespearean actors. <laughs> and like, I I love what he has done for Shakespeare in film and I, I love his interests but whenever I see him on not camera not his films sometimes not all of his films yeah. not no, not um not what's called Artemis Fowl which is apparently one of the Fowl. worst <laughs> yeah um but uh he oh. plays the character of Andre Satter Satter um and he is supposed to be a, a despicable character who has he's is a, he's a big dealer. Yeah, he's a big Russian brute and he uh is uh he he is Beats up uh, Elizabeth Debicki's cat. Um, we... Not her cat. Her, herself. Herse- her name is her cat. Her name is cat. You make yeah. you Elizabeth Debicki's cat. You know, that's what you'd say when you're referring to characters. Anyway. You know, at least. Um, and so he is... But not her pussy, apparently. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and he's meant to be a, like a really gross dude. Um, and but unfortunately... Unfortunately... It's Kenneth Branagh. And um, he doing has rash next doing his best rash. He has two. He has two um, reads. There is a bit where he is very quiet. Sounds, he sounds very you close sound to very his. French in your he sounds right close to his. He sounds close to his proro. Um, but like honestly, the whole scene where he's on the phone with um, John David Washington is. <laughs> you are wrong. It's too French. And then his and then other extreme is no, you don't know. Which honestly, he goes to that links, and yeah. there's a scene and, bellowing. And to me, like honestly, like see, we see Gary Oldman in the laundromat. Bad because the <laughs> film, you know, is already in their tone. So we're like, it's that's camping. bad. Yeah. But in a film like this, refreshing. A great example of Amazing. when it cycles back around. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like... as soon as I saw he was cast, and when I saw the trailer and it showed Ken, I was like, no, like there's no way I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> he's like, fact, he's yeah. the worst part of Dunkirk for me because he's trying oh, so he hard to be serious. This is the thing is like, yeah, we were talking about this James and I last night, but the the thing with yeah, Kenneth Branagh and Dunkirk is that you look at him and you're like, oh, it's Kenneth Branagh. Well, you can always yeah. tell when they're on. Like, oh, There's a there certain type of theatre that, yeah. uh, theatrical performer that, you know, you really have to iron out if you've been in theatre yeah. into film. Like Ian McKellen like, has said, like, there is honestly like a, a section of like 15 years where I don't really count that as my film career mm. because I was just learning to unlearn all the stuff that I learned in theatre because you have to yeah. be bigger. And there's an aspect, same with Lawrence Olivier, who we mentioned before. Well, with, that's the thing with, with Ken, is that yeah. he directs himself most yeah. of the time. Yeah. He's, he's like, this is perfect. This yeah, is exactly yeah. I, what I want from this performance. I know everything. And you can tell that, I mean, this guy, he wrote an autobiography of like, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but like Being Me or like, you know, the, the early <laughs> years. Me. He wrote this after Henry V, which is right. his first major like his, film. Yeah. At like... 23 
And you're like, I need to. It was incredibly young. This autobiography. He's he's older than. No, no, oh, but like whenever Henry V came out, but he was in his twenties, going like, like looking back at my life and my career, and it's like you've just started, dude. So what are some of the films throughout the years that Ken Branagh has starred in? He has Much Ado. Much Ado is like I like his his iconic one because it's breezy and he's fun. fun. I think he's good in Harry Potter. Oh yeah, yeah. Gilderoy. Strong, Gilderoy. Strong, strong performance. I think it's well when, cast. Well, ca- well cast. Yeah. Well, it's well an awareness cast. of like his persona yeah. and like who, yeah. what he actually reads as, um, and he reads as goofy. Like he reads we listen to as kind of a big goofball yeah. with a big ego. Yeah, that um, that he's very we cool. listen to Commode and Mayo, <laughs> and he got assigned, uh, which is a podcast by the BBC, and uh, called. Uh, Wittertainment or yeah, Commodore Mayor, and and he feature, f- frequently stars, and they've nicknamed him Sir Chuckles because he chuckles all the time oh, in interviews. <laughs> like he's a big like sweet um, cuddly bear. Uh, yeah. Hamlet, he's done. He's done Thor. Well, like Hamlet, he did. It was ninety millimeter, and it's four hours long. It's the I, whole I text, and he puts himself in the lead role. I mean, and whenever he speaks, expect him to cast. Whenever he speaks, he's like. He articulates and accentuates so much because that's what, you know, that kind of mold of actors have been taught. So it's all to be or not to be. Why did we need two Hamlet adaptations in the 90s? We didn't. And why did it have to be Kenneth Branagh and And Mel Mel Gibson? Gibson. Honestly, two of the worst casts. Honestly. Where is, like, there are so many, like, actors that I feel like fit the Hamlet type and they are never, ever cast as Hamlet. Well, I have the best... (laughs) version of hamlet out there to watch like it's just out there where david tennant plays hamlet mm. stringy long great, boy great choice yeah. and patrick stewart is claudius yeah that's, great. that's great that's excellent great I think casting there's like a few so like that there's been ethan hawke as hamlet um, with Bill Murray as yeah. like I can kind Polonia. of see Ethan Hawke, but I haven't seen there that was, version. But that that one's all well, right. Sense it's it's than Mel Gibson or I Kenneth think Brenner. recently Ruth Nega did Hamlet. Oh, I like that. I tried yeah. like I, I like as well. Um, uh, Ken Branagh did uh, Helena Bonham Carter and Emma Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> well, this whole controversy of like, yeah, he did Frankenstein uh, with Helena Bonham Carter, and yeah, what, had when an was that? Because I know that Helena and Emma worked together in Howard's End, so was that pretty yeah, close? Yeah, I, I I actually and, don't know when the affair and, actually and now, happened. So and I now could Helena be wrong. and Emma are just there, and like they were in the Harry Potter franchise, not yeah. together and, uh, though. So, I mean, it's a huge set. So was so was um, Ken actually. Um, Ken also did the Murder of the Orient Express, Murder on the Dumb Bitch Express. (laughs) Well, so yeah, yeah, in in Frankenstein and and in Murder on the Orient Express, he he howls. He thinks like I must put my voice to the absolute limit, and And, that will show. About like I can show my my all of my breathing techniques. In the upcoming Frankenstein was nineteen ninety four. In in the upcoming um, Death on the Nile. Where, with Army Hammer. Where he is the greatest detective in the world. Like, I... Like, his murder is fine. But I feel like if you're gonna... If you're gonna remake murder... To me, I'm just like, why not give it a more comedic flair? Like, remake it as, like, Clue or something. Like, you know, like, make it funny. Agatha Christie writes light murder mystery they're cuddly yeah. murder mysteries yeah and like yes there is murder and yes there's like despicable people happening on but the whole sort of thing is that you've got people like miss marple or 
Poirot and Hastings or yeah. whoever there to, to sort also, of solve these murders who are very like I'm sick of Poirot kind, on nice. screen where's okay. where's Miss Marple on Miss screen Miss Marple's mysteries often not as good in terms of the actual well, again, like, and it but doesn't like, have yeah. to be like super like light fluffy like, comedy yeah, but, but like just like look like, at Knives Miss, Out where there Miss is Marple. a new detective yeah. that like feels like fun but also there's still stakes yeah, to it yeah there's stakes but it's kind and friendly and the murder of Roger Ackroyd I feel like that'll be good oh that's a great mystery that's a really good one Roger Ackroyd's great Tommy and Tuppence mysteries no thank you no thanks no uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't we don't talk about that we don't own Tommy and Tuppence <laughs> isn't there one where Agatha Christie wrote herself into it and like but she has a whole character Ariadne uh, I think Oliver Ariadne Oliver oh so she, and that's she's hot. the crime writer I love that yeah that's um that's the crime writer Please who writes like another detective and she always complains about how Oliver. like she's annoyed by her detective and she wishes she could kill him off uh, <laughs> uh, like that. two Poirot that's great but yeah she sort of shows up I think she kind of shows up in the world um, um, sometimes I'm trying to think who the ideal Poirot or Marple would be I mean I think you couldn't get any better than David Suchet to be fair that's like, the thing that's, it's yeah. like that's his that's iconic role he owns it right. that's well, kind of like you don't want well, anybody else Marple, to then, do it I because... think someone like Helen Mirren or no. Charlotte Rampling or... no they're too weak. they need they're to be smaller they're too sharp they've got too you much sex you don't want like somebody who's yeah. elegant they too you have too much sex appeal they have too much sex appeal for Marple what about what about Betty White honestly not bad yeah, yeah. Not she's bad. like ninety something, yeah. but you know, yeah. you know, me, you get one film out of it. No. Like, I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe Betty could um, be with us forever. Maybe like uh, no, I was gonna say Leslie Manville, but she's got a knowing quality about her still. Maybe like Imelda. I don't know. Imelda could be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The yeah. early years. I mean, yeah, like uh, Angel Anne's very kind of already did like, that. Well, you know what <laughs> I was kind of yeah, for Murder She Wrote. Yeah. I was like kind of they were gonna reboot Murder She Wrote with Octavia Spencer, and I thought that was amazing. That's pretty good. But I don't yeah. know what's it's happened. Not happening? To, I don't uh. know what's happened to that idea. Mm. But that would Octavia have been Spencer cool. could play Miss Marple. I'm right. She'd be an yeah. amazing Miss Marple. Um. Oh, yeah, that would be great. That'd be hot. It'd be strong. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that for More her. murder mysteries just like in the world generally. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's still Miss not enough. Miss Ma Erpel. <laughs> have you seen those like memes about Ma? Where they just uh, insert they just, Ma I have not in, seen this. in like different posters? It's just Ma's face. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's like call me, b- call me call by, Ma by your name. Call me by Ma name. Yeah, like just stuff like that. It's just like There was something Emma. where o- Octavia <laughs> Spencer so had played, she's played Ma, but then there was also an animated film where she played Papa. <laughs> it was like, get someone that can do both. Papa. Get some, yeah, right? Um, no, Guys, we've back, gotten so far away from Tenet. <laughs> Tenet. Back to Tenet. Um, no, what, my favourite part of, of, of Ken Brenner's performances is just like when he randomly quotes poetry. Yes. Like at the end he was like, not it's not it's gonna end not with a whimper but with a bit with a bang but <laughs> with a whimper <laughs> no when he dies we're gonna spoil how he dies yeah because uh, um, it's a great scene because it's iconic um, and it's, it's one of the campus moments in yeah. the film and um, we were like howling and so, no one else was nobody yeah. else found this funny Kenneth so Branagh dumb. is like spending ages on his phone chatting away to John David Washington and in the background and so there's oh it is a side note yeah they're Basically, on a cruise the thing ship. that they've discovered is ship, that like he is dying his character yeah and he oh, is he's a jealous that. man yeah, <laughs> they said that explicitly yeah they're like he's got pancreatic cancer um, <laughs> right and he's decided well. he wants to kill himself um, that will signal to somebody to start 
the time bomb. I'm going to call it the time know. bomb. His, anyway, the time bomb that will destroy everybody. I think his death acts as a trigger, and then yeah. he's always so he's checking this, his like, watch. He's got this watch that me- that's linked to his soldiers to set off the time bomb at the moment of his death. Yeah. Um. And so he wants to kill himself so that he, when he he dies, the rest of the world dies because he doesn't want anybody to have fun without him. Basically, I'm, I missed the soldiers part of it, so I thought it was just an automatic thing. So when I mean, Elizabeth maybe it is automatic. Shot, I don't know. It's... Shot the guy. <laughs> I was like. Um, but yeah so there's this whole thing anyway there's this time bomb they've got to dig it up none of this is canon like it's not called the time bomb but we're calling it that yeah because yeah um but so they're like okay elizabeth vicky you've got to go on this boat and distract him to keep him alive so that he doesn't kill himself because we know he's going to kill himself on this boat at this time in vietnam because that was when he was yes they're happiest yeah i guess so which is pretty sad because it's like she had a fight and threw raspberries at him yeah Um, yeah we get a shot of her throwing down raspberries that's a bottle for me (laughs) we saw that over and over no i love Um, plate smashing some strong plate smashing um Um, so yes so she shows up and she's trying to be all flirtatious and be like i'm fine with us like i'm happy like forget what i just said before in that argument but in fact like that was her past self this is her future self yeah she does these little actions of like removing the wiring um from the boat and you're like what's she up to yeah she's just doing some little like sneaky things she's pouring some sunblock and just laying it down on the ground and you're like she just starts like hosing you're doing a little you're doing a little design there elizabeth you're just having some fun and then she says like ah let me sunscreen your back And we get an iconic shot of um, Ken real close up shirtless and it's kind of like pushing in a little bit or like pulling down. It's like he's like the Cheshire cat. He's got like, you know, slinked. And on his like exactly like teddy bear yeah. and it's like i don't buy this guy as like a well, really so tough scary. russian <laughs> yeah. um anyway so there's all this stuff happening there's a big army scene and time, time war happening but we keep cutting back to the yacht <laughs> and yeah at some po- at one point on the yacht Elizabeth Vicky suddenly just stops sunscreening him and goes like, I can't do this anymore. And he sits up and we have what this no, shot. D- disgusting, by the way, because <laughs> you, like, you hear like the bottle be like, <laughs> and it's and she, like a gloop of like it's a sunscreen. Big glob of sunscreen. Yeah. And she, um, she uh, pulls yeah, out a while gun. While she's putting out the gun, and what we can see in the foreground is Kenneth Branagh's back, which still has some scrapings <laughs> of sunscreen which on is it, which is hilarious. Accurate. You know what? There's, there's something about Andre. <laughs> and look, I can't tell. <laughs> so I like that she applied the sunblock, and it doesn't really look rubbed in at all. <laughs> no, she was no, just like... Just because it was like, the plan. It's yeah. to make him slippery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. If she rubbed it, it'd make it less anyway, slippery. Yeah. So this whole plan, she's got this this plan she's working on is that she's just gonna kill him, despite the fact that they've been she's been told don't kill him because he'll like end the world. She just does it. But she just does it because she's mad, and it's like, well, thank God she managed to survive until they defuse the time bomb. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so she just shoots him and then puts like drags him over to the deck and then just like. <laughs> along the sunblock Pushes out to the rest of the boat but the body doesn't so quite slippery. make it so <laughs> his head goes <laughs> and he like we've got a javert death like yeah. oh gong, man gong. yeah it is full it is, on like, like buster keaton well, it's like slapstick <laughs> you hear like the noise of like boom <laughs> so bong. stupid and i think it's supposed to be like haha and the also, bad guy gets a really dumb really awful funny, death like that he trusts her after like she literally like early an earlier point in the movie, like, like pushes him. No, 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 no. That hasn't happened yet. I know, but and like his, after that. No, but he, because he, he knows that that's happened, but he thinks that she's past 
Elizabeth right. Becky. Right. And it's only when she reveals the shot, he's like, your future, Elizabeth. Yeah. Oh, no. But what I was trying to say, yeah. there is a point in the film where she, they're like yeah, doing, she tries to just kill doing him. some sailing or something. <laughs> and then she like literally pushes him off the boat. And then like the scene after, they're just like, they're cool. Like, yeah. They're but, fine. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. good. The one, there's one scene in there that I quite liked from Ken, um, uh, along with the the one where he's speaking backwards, but that's more the filmmaking. I liked the scene, I didn't mind it, where he's bathed in orange. It's the film's having to do a lot. He's bathed in orange and he's talking about the torture treatment that he's going to do with John David Washington because he thinks he's fucking um, a cat. And he's like, I will cut off your balls and I will put it in your mouth and I will do this and that. I think you guys are talking, so you maybe missed I, some, I of heard some of it. No, I've you know, heard it, but also I'm just like your French is. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gone. <laughs> this is just what I, I know, inferred your... from Ken because it was just so his poro. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that sequence, he was still. He wasn't doing much. Oh my god, that was really fun. Like that yeah. sequence was pretty fun. Because, like, I think my favorite part of that sequence was, like, you know, like, David Wa- John David Washington was being, like, you know, first. Because, you know, oh. they need to, like, whatever. They need to, like, make sure. The, the big heavy had to make sure Doesn't he had no weapons. Time bombs but then <laughs> John David Washington was just like, whoa. I was like, <laughs> whoa, okay. Buy me dinner Buy me first. Dinner. And it's so obvious. So how do we think John David Washington did? Fine, yeah, but like they didn't give him like I think this is a writing, like, yeah, almost yeah. all the issues with this film. I think he does issues. like a really I feel like he didn't job. get any character. <sighs> no, here's my thing with act. John David I think he's capable enough, I think he's actually quite likable, but I don't think he does well with small talk dialogue. Like, I feel like also he didn't really have like he doesn't have anything no, to but, say, but sometimes they just have dialogue and like he's supposed to like just like a little inflection would have been like I like, would say that I feel like he doesn't elevate any of the no, dialogue no, absolutely and because not. a lot of the dialogue is bad it means it's because like uh. yeah I, I find him likable enough but there are like some pieces of dialogue where like because like you watch Robert Pattinson he nails every like piece of dialogue and that's yeah it's like but he like, elevates it yeah. even but the then like d- John David like even just like banter like <laughs> It's a bit flat, like John. Yeah. John it just seems like a, bit, a little bit artificial. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like I mean he's capable enough, but I don't know if he's like at this level to be headlining this film yet because you know he's the son of Denzel the Washington. Son of Denzel gets you far. Yeah, but I mean even even small talk kind of dialogue like that's dependent on a director and what yeah. the environment on no, the set but, uh, is to like. To me, I was just like there are a lot of things that he missed that could have been like you know like even that like buy me dinner first. I was like you could have nailed that a little bit stronger. Yeah. Like mm. yeah, I mean I don't know. I think like he we also does like... not have chemistry with Elizabeth. The None I'm at sorry. all. No, no and that's the wild. That's then, another wild like, thing. It's like his major motivation. How do you, how for do half you of it. think that they're sleeping together? Absolutely yeah. not. Like, yeah. maybe it's like half of his motivation is that he wants to protect her. Like he really cares about her. Oh. And I'm like, no, I, I get that you pr- want to pr- protect a person, but like because they're alive and you care about humans. But like I don't see any like <laughs> particular friendship yeah. or yeah. like this romance whole, or anything. And that's I think another person. movie with both Ken and John David. I'm like. Just let Kat die. Like, honestly, what is <laughs> Neither of po- you like her that much. What is the like, point of up? keeping her? <laughs> yeah, I would be fascinated. Oh, I guess Chris has done this in the past with a dead wife trope. Yeah, no. Actually, I was like, oh, just let them die. See what happens afterwards. But then, yeah. No, but no, in terms I'm of saying that facetiously, obviously. Yeah, in terms like, of the we films... We don't get a sense of why they do, yeah, don't they? Yeah, exactly. The stakes aren't there. For, for the films of Christopher Nolan that are kind of like quite artificial, like Inception and stuff like that, the reason why I still buy it is that like it's a pretty basic emotional kind of core of like Cobb wants to... Yeah. 
find Marion Cotillard and like yeah, go down yeah. the base and yeah, see, seek her out. Or like yeah. the prestige. These two guys are totally obsessed. Like I need something yeah. basic and primal and emotional that's, that's like, thing, like cool, I, I think, got it. I think he generally fails with that. Like he doesn't know how to do it. Like I get the motivation of Cobb in um, Inception, but like, again, as I said in the Interstellar app, like the scenes between Marion Cotillard and yeah. Leo... Wah, wah. like that's yeah. why I was like that's why get, that's like, why I yeah. like Interstellar because it works for me there because the like yeah the emotional yeah. stakes are so high yeah. in Interstellar yeah yeah um, whereas like when he tech not tech I guess techs on but like when he incorporates these emotional stakes in these films somehow they don't fly for I some think, reason I would say like it's, it's emotional stakes don't work like the chemistry and all of that doesn't no. work but uh, like a, a fundamental issue with this film is like I spent so much of this just not knowing. What, what does he want? <laughs> what yeah. anyone wants? Yeah, in so. Dunkirk, it's really easy because some people want to save people, some people want to get out, and it's just super yeah. simple. But it's, here I'm like, okay, so the, the enemy is so abstract as well. Like, mm. we get to this final scene, and I leaned out of both of you guys, and there was this this big time army led by Aaron Taylor Johnson was going in. Yeah. Like, one in forward time, one in backwards time. They're going to do this big mission. Yeah. And on, I was like, who are they fighting? Yeah. And none of us knew who they were fighting. Like, that's a problem. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. We're like, at the end. I was, like, into this movie. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, like, Chris knows what he's doing, like, an hour and a half. And I was like, yeah, sweet, we're getting into it. But then at some point, my brain just gave up trying. <laughs> I was just letting the images wash over me. And I was like, okay, sweet, okay, this is cool. happening. And now we're doing this. Great. And, the, and that fight yes. sequence at the end, yeah. like, is kind of impressive like there's a building that gets remade and you think about some people are running forward and some people are running backwards and you're like well that's technically, technically challenging interesting but i'm not like but i'm like who are you who's who are the bombs yeah because from? ken Branner only seems to have like he's got like some five goons. like assistants yeah. i don't know yeah. like who was himish patel working was he a time guy was he like yeah from he Aaron was Taylor Johnson? robert pattinson yeah yeah he's he's with because he just shows up yeah, and does he, some he's, stuff he's, and then he's I got think, and we're like who is like who's that guy i think, he, I think he's with <laughs> rob pattinson well like, and free free town they're like, like the future agency. tenants yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't and know and the only thing that was like hinging me is like i connected with robert pattinson of like ah oh, he's interesting and so i was hoping that rob would be like the big bad or something. Yeah, I mean, like that's something pretty, a bit bigger because I just that's, I thought that was Ken happen, feels like a, a pawn. Like you're like he gets dispatched and then you're like ah it's actually this person or whatever. I yeah. actually like that he wasn't the big bad because that's pretty obvious as well. Yeah. Like the best friend sure. is the big bad. Yeah, but like, and like I like that he was like a nice charming guy. But like yeah. I, I I did like that they played with it though. There was a, like a section like when John David was going in the backwards yeah. world where. He was like, wait, you've known this the whole time? Yeah, so and it he, says there is yeah. a secret reveal that he had, has known the whole time. Yeah. Like, he's from the future um, and has already been friends with... He got recruited by John David Washington in the future oh. and is, like, Yeah, backwards. and they say, so like... they've got this long-standing There's another, already. like, big quote they always say of, like, ignorance is your best friend or something. <laughs> it's I don't that. remember that. <laughs> they say, like, like, oh, you're not supposed to know, which seemed to me just being, like, Chris being, like, oh, fun, spoilers are... Don't worry about spoilers. I, I mean, we've all we all know about the sand mixing. It was horrible. <laughs> it was a lot of stuff that was muffled that I couldn't actually hear. Yeah, what I was it saying. wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, yeah, but that's because either, I was prepared yeah, for it. I'm also yeah, yeah. I'm just like. But this is a general problem with his films. Like they have good sound editing, this is the Bane but the issue. sound mixing yeah. is <laughs> like like Bane, Interstellar, <laughs> Dunkirk. Sometimes I couldn't understand stuff. I'm just like, just make it clear, like. Just get an outside eye and be like, hey, I can't understand what they're saying here. Yeah. And yeah. Get them to, I don't know. 
Yeah. But yeah, so this is the thing. It's like the main our main character is basically just getting told what to do and doing stuff. Yeah. It doesn't understand why he's doing it. Yeah, I... And I they was... even remark on that. There's a point where they're like, you don't even know why you're doing this. And I'm like, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And like, I, that's why I'm not emotionally problem. tied yeah, to Yeah, I was it. waiting for the moment for it to connect. And yeah. like, well, to me, for me to connect. And I was like, no. No, I just because, never got there. Because at the very end I of the film, we learn that he... The future version of him is like the architect of this. He helped set up Tenant. 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 Um, and He's like, the landlord of tenants. Yeah, and he is the protagonist, like the leader of this whole operation that Robert Pattinson is now a part of. I just... and, but you're like, there was no moment for the, the protagonist as he was going through Mr. the Tenet, forward strategy, Mr. Tennant, um, <laughs> where he's like, ah, oh, and his eyes really open to the fact, except for the fact that I guess he's going back and fighting himself. Yeah. Um, but know. that's not a very good business practice, honestly, central, Mr. Tennant. The central issue with this film for me is that I think Christopher Nolan had this great idea of like, I want to make this palindromic film where we have different mm. elements going forward and backward and we'll see it in both directions at certain points. Yeah. And because he is very much a person that feels like he has to write within a science fiction kind of thing. It all has to be like technically and mechanical, mechanically mm-hmm. explainable. Yeah. Like if he was like able lo- to be like... The logic is sound. Yeah, he, 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 he worries calls. so much about logic and reason and being like, okay, but this is, I'll explain it and I'll explain it. And I think the storytelling could have been so much more interesting if he'd taken that essential thing and he'd yeah. just used it in something that was magic realist or fantasy. Yeah, and they're even, he's even aware of that because um, like the Posey character says like, oh, don't think too much about it, just feel it. Yeah. But this is the thing, Which is like, like a meta kind of commentary. And I think this commentary. is honestly just, this is a Chris Nolan thing, is that he is very uncomfortable with things being magic. He wants everything to have an explanation. So like you took something like Inception, where he is the most logical and mechanical and like yeah. science sci fi version same... of dreams as anyone's like like that's not how dreams work. And the same with Batman, which is yeah. a cut um, a, a superhero. It's fantastic gotta be world. like this is the thing, this is how everything works and here's yeah, all the this machines. Is crime and, I'm syndicates like, and, stuff. and I totally understand and I empathize with how that works, but I just think that that type of logical thinking and brain is not the no. right person to do a story Absolutely. that has this function. And I mean like I I like the contradiction at times with something like Inception because it's so such a weird clash but uh, yeah. now we're seeing like, like what can happen it, if it I doesn't work. I think it work. works in Inception. I don't like yeah. but I don't think it works here because he yeah. just doesn't understand he, that like we yeah, don't there have is an more emotional stuff, more interesting thing, than how it works. Here's the thing mm. with me about this film like that's fine that line of thinking of, of Chris is fine but because you only have two hours and two and a half hours it's overstuffed like this is this is me i'm like why do you want us to like watch this in the like there's no reason we needed to watch this in the theaters no because like to me the perfect medium for this would be a mini series yeah like where you had to actually like have time to explain and Mm. like get used to the you know you have your brain has time to catch up with how the science works or whatever and you had to build the mythology or like you know the the future world or or what the mechanics are like that's what it is to me like i just my brain got you know overstuffed and just like pieced out after some point i was enjoying the gritty kind of feel of this movie but then i was like it's too much like it's, yeah. it's too much. Don't there are so many so points stupid. as well. Like well, we like it felt like something had finished, and we're like, oh, we must be at the wrap up yeah. point, yeah. and it's not, no. and then it does it again, and you're like, because, oh, like and then and if, if you think t- about our cool cast t- of characters, yeah. if anything really happens, nothing particularly no, happens to them in terms of events or art. Imagine the miniseries of this, where like each each episode you 
explore like the the point of view of a different character in the tenant world and you like you get the emotional stakes you get like an explanation of the science like i want an episode with just following robert pattinson like yeah i feel like that could work like, but i think also <laughs> it depends on like if you're more what you're more interested in is the elegance of the structure oh, or the true. technology yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think like you could definitely do this as just like it's an interesting technology thing we have these time yeah, doors which I is suppose. what chris nolan's doing but i'm like also i'm like i feel like the where structure, he started yeah. was from the structure right. and i think the best way to explore that structure it's is through. not with tech yeah. like not not making yeah, it no. logical well here's the yeah that's the thing yeah it's like it's an interesting concept um which you know i think is definitely like you know achievable to be like explored in film but like he has also set himself up as this guy this time guy I'm the king the of time yeah. guy. like we have to keep topping ourselves and learning the rules like, and there's certain uh, and not an, Chris, a Nolan audience he's developed Chris just just chill out like yeah. you don't have to go deeper like it's like I mean there's just more pressure on you and the pressure to deliver is just like you know you're on a cliff waiting to fall down. Yeah. Just chill out, do a comedy, explore this in a comedy. Well, yeah, I love do, do like a simple drama, like you well, know. Well, I love get, his his yes. pivot with Dunkirk, which yeah. is still playing with time, but it's so much more like emotional just and so much out, more just like Chris. this like fuck all dialogue in Dunkirk, which like was such a gift to it because it allows us to yeah connect with these characters and empathize them rather than trying to find all these rules. Another thing that I just want to point out is that. It was, did you guys find when watching the scene, so like a major event would happen, say like Ken would maybe get like pushed out of a boat by Elizabeth Debicki. And he'd be like, blah, 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 I'm drowning. And then he'd get saved and then it'd be like, cut. And it'd like hard cut. Like we couldn't like breathe in the scene mm. or there whatever. Was some very, the yeah. thing with the hard cuts is that there were also some really funny hard cuts. Yeah. Yeah. In that I last part where it yeah. would be like cut from soldiers running through, shooting, blah, blah, bombs, building, exploded, but we put it back in. Cut to splooch at sunscreen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also found the backwards language kind of funny. Like, yeah. I was like, what is he saying? And like, it's any of the points where funny, somebody yeah. was going backwards yeah. and you're like, oh, look at them One of the backwards. funniest pieces of dialogue for me was like, they're in the car, like him and Robert Pattinson and Rob is, Rob is like, I don't understand this. And and John David is just like, I thought you understood Estonian. And he's like, nah, it's backwards. <laughs> like, oh, I miss that. So funny. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, a scene that I also feel like we haven't talked into, I do like, and I don't know how it made sense or how they organized it but there's this bit where they get a convoy of trucks and they just like smush a car with a oh, whole yeah. Bit, yeah, which is pretty right. good and they get yeah. John David Washington yeah. to like yeah. climb like out of the car onto a fire truck dressed as a fireman yeah and, and we like, learn okay, like that fun. like they want to like get him on there but they can't stop the car from stopping or else the people will be able to detect it quicker they're yeah. like oh it's still moving must be all good good so yeah. They, yeah, like squish it. But I'm also like, who were all these truck guys? Would they get, I don't know, from the time and, space? And there was like, just the shots of Robert Pattinson driving and like, it was kind of like, he made a lot of faces when he was driving. It I, was like, I enjoyed it. It was like, eee. no, but I, I mean, this goes towards my hot butter. Like, I was just like, I was like, yeah, I would be stressed too, Rob. <laughs> and he was like, I empathize. He was like, like a human. oh, geez. Oh. And like, and I'm like, yeah, you do make funny kind of Looney Tunes faces when stuff is stressful. Yeah. Oh, God, Rob. I'm, I just love him. I love every. I, I I just can't wait to catch more of his films. Like, yeah. I can't wait for the Batman, even though it might be, you know, quite oh dark God, also, and pedestrian. Wait, does Rob have COVID? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, get, well get well soon, soon Rob. Rob. Yeah. I hope you feel better. Um. Okay. This 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 movie broke me. Okay. So yeah. let's, should we move on? Let's, let's get it. Wrap up. I yeah. I 
like leaned over to Cass at some point in the movie and I was like, 100% of the people in this theater are going to Wikipedia this, <laughs> this movie. And I didn't. Yeah, honestly, it wasn't 100%. No, I, I exactly. did not. So we're, we're coming in raw and unfiltered. Yeah, we I remembered all this from our brain. Yeah. I, I don't get the feeling that it's too complex like this is the thing is like, the I nuts mean, and bolts of it like all of the rules and stuff and the grandfather I theory think as and soon stuff. as you start to think about it it is complex because it's just not it doesn't completely make sense yeah and the problem is that like yeah Christopher Nolan has tried to like tie up all the loose ends and make reasons for things and explain it all mm. yeah. when the explanations actually cause more problems yeah. as opposed to you go in the time door and then time's backwards until you go into the time door again and then it's forward. It's just like a basic like, James Bond cool. movie of they have just to stop the bad guy from destroying the world, essentially. Mm. Like, yeah. And Ken Brown is the baddie. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. should we... Uh, should we do a bag, we... bag or biff? Yeah. 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 Bag or biff. Unless we have anything else to talk about in this film. I think we have litigated this film. I yeah. just... I, also, uh, Taylor Johnson did not get a like single name credit, which not. I was surprised by. I, I, I just want to like flag, like my hands were so active in this film because uh, I was holding them up against the screen being like, Oh my lord! Like especially when Ken yelled in that gun scene, with like he he brings in Elizabeth Debicki, threatens her, and then he starts like oh. yelling horrendously. I want to tell. I, I have something. You go. You finish yours. Yeah, and he's just like, um, he just goes bigger and bigger until like, and I, I just can't. I feel like maybe Chris was like, oh shit, I've cast this man and. And he's not giving me what I want. Or is that exactly what he wants? Because it's... I can't tell. Because, like, this film is... You know, it sounds like I'm getting into wrap-ups. I'll I'll leave it there. I love Ken in this film. If, like, Kenneth Branagh was not in this film, this would have been, like, ten times more boring. Yeah. More boring. (laughs) Yeah. I was, like, genuinely enjoying myself in the first hour and a half. I was like, this movie's so funny. Uh, um, But my... One thing I would like to say before, I mean, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go into my bag of breath. Okay. Leading with this, none of the fucking female characters talk to each other. Not even about men. <laughs> just not to just each not other. Not at all. There's like maybe like four of them in total. Like, there's no reason. I can only think of three. Right. Like, I yeah. can, I can only think there's of Dimple. There's, there's Dimple, Elizabeth Vicky, and uh, Clemence. Clemence, and then there's that lady who is who he was like, no, nah, I don't need this uniform. Those are the she four. She didn't get a name. She doesn't even count <laughs> yeah, towards the victor yeah. test. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, I'm like, there's no reason Rob couldn't have been, you know, some, yeah. you know, Kristen Stewart. <laughs> I hate that I had to associate Kristen with Rob, but, you know, I'm only human. Um, but uh, I respect Tenet, but it broke my brain. Chris, just... Uh, let your hair down, girl. Biff. No. Uh, I'll go next. Um, yeah. So I would recommend watching this film on your home cinema with yeah. friends. Ironically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Actually, it's, it's fun if it's you just have. Don't take, if you don't take it too seriously. But I'm gonna say there were points in this film I was just like, oh, I'm so bored. No, the last, <laughs> that's what I mean. I was enjoying myself, and then the last hour, I could not give a shit no. what was happening. But through, uh, for me, this was throughout. There were just patches. Like, there right. were patches where there was like, okay, action scene. This is like well done. Like it's interesting. This is Kenneth Branagh being crazy, and I'm like enjoying this. Then there's just other bits where they're just talking about time, the time stuff, and I'm like, no, I don't care. I don't 
no. And so yeah, I, I, it's just, it's not that good. <laughs> it's very boring. <laughs> it's not very smart. And I wish that there was a better film with this structural premise because I'm like yeah. a huge structure nerd when it comes to storytelling. I find that really interesting, and I think there could be a really interesting way of making a palindromic film. And this is not it. Sorry, Chris. Um, so this is a biff for me. Uh, but with a with a recommend to watch ironically with your friends at home. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a fine line between like the Chris Nolan films where there's, there's super fun, but you go with it. Like Inception is like fucking bug nuts. It's like about dreams going down levels. This one, it's it's trying to get for the same kind of thing, but there's no way that I can and buy into this world. Yeah, this definitely made me respect Inception a bit more. Yeah. I, d- I yeah. don't love Inception. Yeah, but Inception's like... Inception's fun. It's like yeah, a... It is fun. Inception is it's fun. It's a strange little, through. like, Rubik's Cube. Um, and this one is just... It's so baggy. Like... Yeah. Like, there are so many scenes where people just talk at an interminable length, and none of them are human beings, except for that little twinkle in the eye from Hot Butter Rob, who is just, that's purely himself. Mm. Um, yeah, th- th- like, no one talks like this. Uh, that's fine sometimes with stylization, but, like, I, there was nothing to hold on to. I did not care for this protagonist or antagonist, except in a deeply ir- ironic way. Yeah, it's it's a total biff for me too. It's a triple biff from mixed bag. Well, Chris, you've had a triple bag, and now you have a triple biff. So, so you are really the mixed bag of directors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, it, yeah. If you're in New Zealand, you could watch it. Yeah, let us know. If what you're you think not in New Zealand, it. tell us how we're wrong. Or yeah, yeah. if you really loved Tenet, <laughs> yeah, please write in, and Shine like, in. I want to hear your experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, if you're, please don't get sneered into going out and seeing this film if you are not in New Zealand, um, oh. because it is dangerous, and uh, we need to support our cinemas, but this isn't the way to do it right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I was excited to um, go back to the movie t- theater. Um, thank you for introducing me to Dimple Kapadia. I hope she gets more work. Um, and where can we find Mixed Bag? Uh, so Mixed Bag can be found on Mixed Bag Podcast on Instagram, Mixed Bag Pod on Twitter and Facebook, or you can email us at mixbagcontact at gmail.com. Um, you can leave us a review, please do, on Apple uh, Podcasts. I haven't checked recently, but we have not had one in many a month, so I doubt we've got a new one. Um, and yeah, we want to we wanna talk with our fans. Give us some, some, some thoughts, some reckons. We've gotten some new listeners over the pandemic. Um, so uh, thank you for tuning in. And, yeah, and enjoying come, our rambles and, and come do an episode with us yeah um but for now we say goodbye with our film tenet you like those flicks come get your fix in a podcast called me